story that deserves much more coverage than really it's uh, it's getting because police are in fact calling it a hate crime and it involves uh, a group of nine teens accused of being involved in the robbery and assault of four Jewish boys who were clearly wearing religious attire and were attacked apparently on Remembrance Day and according to the boys they were verbally assaulted and then it turned violent with kicking and punching. Take a listen. We got chased by a group of teenagers who were screaming anti-Semitic slurs at us. They followed us close enough to be able to hit us from the back and slap one of my friends across the face. They were screaming anti-Semitic slurs at us, including stuff about Hitler and about our skull caps, our religious garb. They said hit. If, if my friend heard Hitler, most probably it was a hate crime. It was definitely a hate crime. It wasn't. I don't think it was just to look for fun. I think it was especially because we were Jews. Skull caps was definitely a hate crime. So we know that um, anti-Semitism is on the rise around the world. And yes, Canada is included in that. And if you know this area at all, then you know it is a very predominantly Orthodox Jewish area where families and kids, they walk around openly and proud of their faith. So to see it targeted, and let alone on Remembrance Day, I mean, clearly we have not learned from the past. Steve McDonald is from the is from CJA, that is the Center for Israel and Jewish Affairs, and he joins us now. Steve, this um, is being investigated as a hate crime. I don't think there's any question uh, what the motivation was in this. Do you have any motive? Do you have any hesitation? Listen, it's, it's pretty disturbing, and we know that Toronto police. And look, this is who we look to. We look to police to make these determinations, and they are investigating it as a hate-motivated crime. Uh, it's very disturbing to hear of this in our city, uh, to hear of, uh, of four teenagers who were uh, uh, confronted in this way, uh, to hear of anti-Semitic slurs being thrown at them, and to hear of, uh, of, of uh, physical crime and active violence against them. It's very disturbing. Uh, but luckily, we do have police who take this very seriously. We know that this is not uh, uh, the only such incident targeting members of the Jewish community uh, in, in recent days in, in, uh, in Canada and, and elsewhere. Um, as I've said to you before in, in conversation, the Jewish community is the most frequently targeted minority in Canada, according to Statistics Canada, when it comes to hate crimes. Mm -hmm. And the last year for which they have data available shows that a hate crime took place uh, targeting the Jewish community on average once every 36 hours. And so we need to be vigilant and we need to continue working with, uh, with, pol with police agencies to counter these crimes and ensure that, that those responsible are held accountable. This goes beyond some kid uh, carving a swastika in the snow or drawing on a wall. This is an area of Toronto that if you're going there, you know that it is a predominantly Orthodox Jewish neighborhood and people respect the area and respect the beliefs and the religion um, so anybody going there in a group would know who they're targeting. And, and no one in this country should ever be fearful of walking around in the streets uh, of our country uh, fearing for their safety because they happen to wear a kippah or any other religious garb. Um, and we know that this is unrepresentative of most Torontonians. Most Torontonians reject anti-Semitism and, and all forms of hate. Uh, but nevertheless, hate persists at the margins. Ignorance persists uh, among among uh, Canadians here and there. And again, we need to be vigilant in countering these things. And, uh, you know, we really encourage anyone who's listening who, who may have any information to uh, about this crime to provide that information to police uh, to assist their investigation. 
I mean, this follows, um, you know, the slaying, the horrific um, carnage uh, that unfolded in a in a synagogue last week in Pittsburgh. And we know that anti-Semitism is up, Steve. We've been talking about it for a long time. And so here we now have an, an actual example of the kind of violence that takes place. And it is making headlines, but the information's been slow to come out. The hesitancy to call it a hate crime been slow to come out. If we want to squash anti-Semitism, we must be more, we have to be bolder than this. I mean, the prime minister has not said a word about this. And I mean, when it came to a, a, a fake hijab attack, I mean, he was out in 20 minutes. And so, it, it, you know, you got to lead by example, but that we haven't really heard anything from our, our country's leaders on this, it, to me, is just part of the problem. Well, and, you know, after Pittsburgh in particular, our mm-hmm. community is is quite sensitive and concerned and, and frankly, uh, anxious and even fearful about uh, anti-Semitism. Uh, and so I think it's, it's really crucial that, uh, uh, that governments, uh, both at the, at the municipal but also the provincial and federal levels, uh, work together to combat these trends. We've been calling, as I mentioned on a, on a previous uh, conversation with you, we've been calling for a national strategy to combat online hate as mm-hmm. an important element of this because we know that vicious anti-Semitic rhetoric uh, online can lead to terrible actions offline, as, as happened in the case of Pittsburgh. Um, but Canadians should be very, very aware that we are not immune from this trend of, of the rise of anti-Semitism globally. If you look at the situation in Europe, yep. uh, a member of the Jewish community of Sweden, for example, mm-hmm. is 20 times more likely to experience an anti-Semitic hate crime than a member of the Canadian Jewish community. Yeah. Sweden, in many ways, is not that different from Canada. This is a liberal democracy that values um, uh, pluralism, openness, diversity. It's a very progressive country. And if it can happen in Sweden, and by the way, there are similar numbers in places like France, where there are very yes. large Jewish communities. If it can happen in countries like, like those in Western Europe, there's no reason to think that we are immune. And therefore, we have to be vigilant. We have to work with police. Uh, with with uh, not just the Jewish community, but other faith and ethnic communities to speak out and condemn these acts. Uh, because uh, we know that what starts with Jews never ends with Jews. Anti-Semitism affects our community, but it impacts all of society, and we need to fight it together. Sure. And, and look, in European cities, people won't even, in the Jewish faith, won't even wear uh, religious um, symbols. That That's how bad it's gotten there. Is that what's going to happen here? I mean, because if we don't actually deal with it, it's going to get to the point where those living in these orthodox uh, pockets are going to say, I can't even go out wearing a yarmulke anymore. I certainly hope it doesn't get get to anywhere anywhere close to that level. Uh, I don't believe that's the level in Canada today, and certainly uh, uh, people I know who uh, who wear a keep on a daily basis uh, are proud to wear it, are proud to display their faith and and their their identity. And uh, they, generally speaking, they do not fear for their safety. Uh, but we need to be vigilant to ensure it remains this way. Yeah. We're a resilient community in part because we take security so seriously. Um, as I mentioned before, you can't really walk into a synagogue in Toronto on the high holidays without walking past mm-hmm. armed police who've been hired by that synagogue to protect the site. Uh, many, many listeners would be surprised to hear it, but it's, it's, a, it's a reality of what it is to be Jewish in Canada today. And we need to be vigilant. We need to speak out because we know, again, that what starts with the Jewish community can quickly escalate and will ultimately impact broader society. And I don't have a lot of time to go into this because we certainly can't solve Israeli relations uh, in the world in, in 30 seconds. But, you know, I find it interesting that um, Israel's been under attack by Hamas, uh, which has dropped 400 uh, missiles on them for the last two days. 
and, and barely a mention of this. I mean, it's like, eh, just another day for Israel, whatever. And I want to give two anecdotes from this story, which I think speak volumes about what's happening. Uh, as you mentioned, hundreds of missiles have been fired into Israeli cities and communities in the last 48 hours by Hamas, a banned terrorist mm-hmm. group, which which conducts attacks against civilian targets. Uh, while this has been happening, Israel has delivered hundreds of trucks of humanitarian supplies into Gaza. Israel has made it clear that Gazans are not the enemy. And Israelis sympathize and are concerned for the situation of Gazans, who do not deserve to be ruled by Hamas, this terror group that threatens innocent life on both sides. And sadly, one of the Hamas rockets actually hit an apartment building in Israel, mm-hmm. killing uh, a Palestinian man who happened to be uh, spending time in Israel. It's, it's ironic and tragic and horrific that Hamas rocket fire is indiscriminate. It targets Israelis, but... Frankly, innocent Palestinians often often are hit in the process. And I think that those two experiences speak volumes about the real situation that's happening. And more people in Canada need to be aware of it. Yeah, absolutely. It would be nice to see some reporting on it. Steve, I appreciate you joining us. We'll chat again. Thank you, Alex. That is Steve McDonald joining us to chat tonight. And we'll uh, keep an eye on that situation. That, that story really has not gotten any attention. It's, it's kind of mind-boggling. But uh, it's a big, big story taking place right now. I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.